I, I have those three characters and I need them to be able to bounce off of each other. But everything's based off of that main guy, Thomas. So whatever he does, someone else has to counter that. And I think in doing that, you can't just, you can't escape human nature. You know, th th doing this also teaches me more about myself. What is my nature? What is the direction that I naturally want to go in? And in, and in these videos, a lot, embarrassingly enough, a lot of the situations that I put him in, what happens is where I would naturally want to go. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the selfie show, you guys. I have had a frog in my throat all morning, so I just made myself some tea and honey just to see how the situation goes because I have no idea where this is coming from. And this is the first time I'm really realizing how much your voice really matters. <laughs> and now I understand why singers have to lay off their voice for a while and like literally not talk. I used to think, oh my gosh, that's so stupid. Why would they do that? And here I am, you know, drinking some tea, trying to get my uh, that frog out of my throat. So we're going to see how this goes today. Um, so many of you know this. Part of what inspired this podcast for me, other than highlighting career journeys, was also to bring you guys the amazing things going on here in the social media space for healthcare. And I'm talking Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, which who knows if that's gonna be around, who knows, we're gonna find out. But what I think is super cool is all of these healthcare providers out there who are creating this amazing content from YouTube videos to mentorship programs, apparel lines. I mean, the list is getting longer and longer of the amazing things that people are doing here in the healthcare space on social media. I'm just astounded by it. And many of you know who are working during this time as a healthcare provider, probably the one thing getting you through this time are the amazing memes that are coming out, right? It's like the people that are saying the things that we're thinking, but they said it so much funnier. Anyway, long story short, this particular account is doing that and so much more. For those of you new to the show here, my name is Tori Meskin and I am the founder of the Nurse Tori Selfie Show where I am on a mission to make healthcare hip one selfie at a time. So today, you guys, we're going to be going behind the scenes. This is so major. And if you're following me on Instagram, this is definitely an account you have seen. It's one of my favorites, my go-tos. I've been following this account for a long time, and I could not wait to get the founder on this show. Today, you guys, you're going to be hearing from Thomas, the nurse. He is the mastermind behind this Lego healthcare humor. He is a video content creator combining nursing with brick filming for a different view on the medical world. This is really some comic relief, you guys, and I'm super excited to be pulling back the curtain. We're really going to be getting behind the scenes with Thomas today. He has had hundreds of thousands of views on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, and Facebook. This nurse is really bringing some fun to our everyday medical world with some ridiculously funny video skits. We're going to be deep diving into Thomas's beginnings as a nurse. We're going to be going all over today about how he does this brick filming, where it started. And you guys, he is so insightful. I could not even believe this is like not what I expected as an interview. He was just very, very insightful as a nurse and has a lot of wonderful things to bring to you guys today. So without further ado, let's dive in. 
I'm fascinated about people's journeys and what you have done here is I just love your creative vibes, just everything you're doing with your account. I'm just, it's amazing. And so I kind of want to get the guy behind the account. You know, I want to get the deeds. So I want to hear all the good stuff. So for people who don't know you, you know, where your nurse journey started and all that fun stuff. Um, I started about nine, maybe pushing 10 years now, 10 years ago. And my background was, you know, when I was growing up, uh, my brothers and I, we were all supposed to go into, into medicine. We're all supposed to be doctors and we all chose not to do that. We all actually all went into the entertainment business and that's what I was doing before. I was a musician. I toured out of Nashville worked with country artists, um, went around the country, went around the world. And, um, but at, at, there was a point where you just realize, oh, I can't, I can't do this forever. Um, I miss being home. I, uh, you know, I want to sleep in my own bed. And, and um, so I decided, okay, I got to, I got to shift gears and change. And, you know, it took a lot of soul searching with my parents and I got to hand it to them. You know, they really, helped me, you know, decide, okay, I'm going to do nursing. And that's, that's how I got into it. It, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't some, I, I, it's sad to say, but I didn't have a calling to do it. Yeah, I didn't yeah. feel like, you know, I didn't feel like, oh, this was my purpose or anything. I was just like, dude, I need a job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I need, I need a career that I can, you know, sustain and, and that it will, uh, it will be a good career to have. And That's super interesting. I had no idea. So what kind of music or rock bands were you working with? It was, it was country. Country. Um, yeah, it was country. A lot of, uh, I had a rock background and a lot of blues and that just seemed to fit right in with, with country music, with, with the direction country music going. Um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. That's really cool. Well, so I can see where your creative side comes from, obviously. Um, where did you attend nursing school? Give us a little background about that. I went to Azusa Pacific, and it, it was a great experience. Um, I had a very small cohort. I, I, think, I think it was only 11, 15 of us, and we all got really close. So it was a very good experience. Um, yeah, yeah, I can't complain about it. How was getting through school for you? It was hard. It was hard to really, like I was saying, to shift gears from, um, I don't know how many people are out there listening or in the entertainment or in the musician or playing concerts, but you, you, uh, to go back to school from that was very hard. But, you know, uh, you know it, it all worked out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, clearly, here you are. So I like going super micro and getting the deets on everything. So let's talk about your step into nursing and where you started with that. So tell us a little bit about that. After I graduated from nursing school, I, I just got to talk about taking the NCLEX. You know, that, um, that was what everything was preparing you for, obviously, taking the NCLEX. And uh, I took months off before I took the NCLEX. A lot of my uh, cohort mates, they immediately went to take it as soon as they could. Right. And I decided not to. I was like, dude, I need a break. And in that time, you know, I did all the questions that you could do, everything that I recommended. And actually, when I took the NCLEX, um, I, I was absolutely positive that I failed. And I, I, I don't know if everybody, you know, <laughs> has that feeling, but I was absolutely positive that I failed. And, you know, I, you know if, if that trick is still out there that you, you try to log back in 
<laughs> see if you can yeah, back see if you can, in, and you know, if you re- can't then you passed yeah. right and i was like oh my gosh you know I, they didn't let me you know re- reapply so so i was very grateful for that um started i started in the icu and that's where i wanted to go and it was interesting i loved the work um but i got very depressed and it was just a uh, not that the not, not that the coworkers were bad or anything but just the environment of of what i was seeing uh was very depressing and so, and this was still in like in my first year, you know, I was right. like, oh my gosh, I, I, I don't know if I can handle this. And my parents, again, were very good at, you know, talking to me and they, they were, they both agreed, you need to get out of there because you're just totally changing. You're very sad. And um, I had always wanted to do pediatrics and somehow I landed this interview at NICU and I was like, ah, that's ICU. That's, you know, still intensive care. And that's still kind of like pediatrics. So I'll go try it. And it just ended up being the place that I felt like this is where I'm supposed to be. You know, um, I had a wonderful preceptor and it just ended up being my home. And, and I absolutely yeah. love it. Absolutely. It's crazy it. because I feel like you have so many amazing dynamic pieces to you. Just first of all, being... Um, you know, a nurse, one thing, being a male nurse, and then also working in the NICU setting. I love that. So maybe speaking to, because there's a lot of listeners in here who, you know, I talk a lot about this of, you know, your journeys, journeys are interesting, right? It's like, it's not always what you think it is. And sometimes you may end up in a unit that you don't love off firsthand, right? Like, not everyone is going to get the land the perfect job right away. So can you speak to maybe the transition or how you decided to get into NICU or like how the transition worked going from adults to NICU? Just sort of your dynamics there? I I guess I was I was kind of lucky because when I was like I said, the whole ICU experience that was still in my first year. So I was still considered a new grad. And so I wasn't that um, was deep into it, if, if, if that makes sense. Going from adults to babies, the hardest part for me was I, I, remember, <laughs> I remember with my preceptor, we were looking at the first micropremie that I had gotten. And I was looking at it and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to break this thing. And um, so, but like I said, I, I had a great preceptor that really helped me understand how to, how to you know, there, there are ways to handle these micropremies and these smaller, smaller premature babies. So the shift from adults into babies, I don't remember being so difficult. And I'm going to attribute that to my, to my preceptor. You know, she did a great job. Yeah. Um, Cause she knew I was, I was like, what do you want me to do? So, so I, I, yeah, yeah. The transition wasn't that difficult, if I remember. And I think that's a big part of it, right? It's like, and I think there's a lot of anxiety for a lot of nurses coming into the world right now because there's limited amount of access to, you know, doing preceptorships and things like that. And I've I've told people this over and over, and I want to express that again. I feel like you learn everything on the job, right? It's like, and you can adapt to anything. And I do feel like a big part of it is support. I do think a big part of transitioning into unit regardless is heavily influenced by who's teaching you and who's supporting you and things like that. But thank God for good preceptors, right? Yeah. You know, I, I have to say that um, for, for a preceptor, uh, even for a new grad, it was important for her to understand how I learned. 
You know, do I do I learn by doing or just by watching or am I the kind you just throw in the pool and go go? You know, right. so she really took the time to understand who I was as as a person, not just, oh, you're a new grad, I need to teach you all these skills. Yeah, I actually think that's a really great tip. And maybe even for like, current nurses listening right now, or even someone in the healthcare field, I think that's something really interesting is to tap into is how people learn and, you know, trying to get on that level. So um, can you speak to your early days in the NICU? What did those look like for you? I started off, I remember when I first, when you're first let go and, and you go on your own, you get a lot of the one to threes, a lot of the grower feeders, um, just to get your time management skills down. Um, and, and I did that for, for a while and, and it was, you know, it, it wasn't easy. I'll, I'll, I'll admit it wasn't easy. I remember a lot of frustrating things because with these babies, their only communication with you is a cry. Um, so you have to really figure out what is this baby wanting and you, and you soon, you, you know, eventually you do figure it out. But I think as a, as a new person going in, it was just, you know, how do I communicate with this baby? How does the baby communicate with me? Um, and, and even with going back into, uh, working with adults, a lot of these adults, um, they were, you know, either unconscious or, you know, you know, on vents or something. And it's still having to figure out how to read them. And how to figure out what is it they want. And so, so for me, at the, at the start, a lot of it was that. Just trying to understand this new patient population. Understand how they work. Um, how they communicate. And what are the things that you need to start going down with your checklist. Okay, knock this off, knock this off. And, and get down to the root of what they, what they want to, you know, how to help them. Parents, that was another thing to have an, another aspect to have to bring in to have to learn how to talk to them how to explain things to them how to read them as well because you realize um it was very quick for for my my preceptor to point out you know at this point the baby comes and to the parents this is supposed to be like the greatest day ever you know but it turns out to be like oh my gosh you know what happened so you need to learn just a lot of communication a lot of learning how to do that um, I think that was the biggest learning curve that I had, um, aside from all the skills that you'd pick up. But but the communication is still something that I need to work on. It's such a huge dynamic for us in the NICU, and I think it is it is interesting because so many of us don't have babies in our lives. Like I don't have kids yet, and I do have friends that are having babies. But it's such a different dynamic when you're talking to someone, you know. As, as you pointed out, that it's supposed to be the happiest point of their lives are supposed to be the best best thing that ever happened. And we're having to deal with quite possibly the hardest day that they will ever experience. And it is, it's a lot to kind of handle. Um, another angle that I think is really intriguing about you is sort of this angle of being a male NICU nurse. And I love this because personally, I work with some of the best nurses male nurses. I love them. And I think they bring this amazing energy. I think they're just just a wonderful asset to the unit in a whole lot of ways. But can we talk, maybe deep dive into that a little bit about what's it like being, you know, amidst all of, you know, a heavily women-based unit. But how is how is that for you? You know, I don't feel that it ever really presented uh, a, a problem or an issue for me. Um, Maybe at first when I was a new grad, and it's probably with every new grad, um, you try to keep your head down 
and you don't try to get them too, too involved with things. You just <laughs> yeah. like, there, I'm going to do my job yeah, and learn. Yeah. But slowly, everybody there, I, I have a great, I have a great unit. You know, I, I love my coworkers, and I'll say this a thousand times: your coworkers make or break your shift. And um, I just have a wonderful group uh, that I work with, and they slowly start bringing me out of my shell. And because really, at first, I was very quiet. Um, I would only really talk about the the patient, you know, talk about the job. Right. And once everybody started to figure out, oh, this is what your background is, this is what you've been, they started really bringing me out of my shell. And right now, it's it's a lot of fun. It's um, it makes it. I, I think I think working with I've learned a lot. Yeah, <laughs> learned- yeah, yeah. Beyond, I feel like that's every day. You know, it's like in the NICU, we're learning so much every day. But I think it was great because a lot of these nurses, uh, they they really helped me grow to become a better nurse. And and I don't know how much different it would be if it were a predominantly male, you know, unit because I've I've never had that experience working in the medical field. But at, with, but with working with predominantly women, they were very. I guess the word I'm thinking about is very nurturing. You know, they helped me. They could see okay, this is what where you need to grow, and they've really. Um, you know, they really helped me become a better nurse. So I have a weird question for you because this is one I want to hit head on. Um, when it comes to deliveries and breastfeeding lactation, how's this for you? For the deliveries, I, I do attend deliveries. Okay. Uh, for lactation, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> Here we go. I'm, I'm like, you know, you know, we have a we have a lactation. <laughs> Consultant. <laughs> let, 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 let me give them a call. Let me let, let's give them a call. See if they're here. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, let's I mean, just. I'll, I'm not even. I'm not even ashamed to say, dude. You know, you got to yeah. talk to somebody. <laughs> I love that because here's the thing. Like the male energy to me. Like I love the straight shooters. I love the humor. I love um, the get down to business energy from all of our male nurses. But I love posing that question. You know, of how do you handle it? So, um, what would you say is your favorite part? Least favorite part of the Nikki role? My least favorite part is actually seeing, uh, ha- having a sick baby. Um, that's my least favorite to see these babies that they come out and they have no idea what's going on. They, all they did in this life was be born. That's all they've done. And to see them go through what, what they're going through, uh, that's very difficult. Um, so, uh, also, Going off that would be the parents to see some of them going through because I, I, you know, I don't know what that would be like. So I, I don't really have a frame of reference, you know, but to see them, like I, like I said, it's supposed to be the greatest moment and to see them having to deal with it. Um, cause it, I can only imagine it changes their whole plans. It changes their lives for, for the, at least the time that they're in the NICU. Um, and I don't know what it's like when they, when they take the baby home. Um, that's got to be the most difficult. Because, yeah. like I said, everything else with my coworkers, with the doctors, with the physicians, everybody—it's—it's just—it's it can you know it can be very fun because it's just a great group. Yeah, I agree. I, it's funny because that's you know on the flip side of your of that is for me my favorite part is really I love the team. I love the team that I work with. And I think that's a big part of it, right? Like we, you're working with these people so closely. And um, you and I happen to work in facilities that we both love. And I think that's a huge part of it. Um, You know, and I think that's something to be said for what I really love about your aspect is, you know, you started somewhere and 
you you quickly figured out that it wasn't for you and you shifted. And I think that's a really big part of it. And here you are working in a place that you love. And, you know, I think that's, it's important. It's important for people to hear, you know. I, I got lucky. You know, I just keep telling everybody, you know, because I get, I do get messages from people. How did you end up in, how do you get into that? How do you, and I'm just, I got lucky. Um, you just got to keep looking until, you know, and maybe Nikki wouldn't have been for me. And I would have sat there and been like, oh, well, you know, but, but that's, again, the beauty of nursing. Yeah. That yeah. we do have all these options. We do have all these patient populations. And, you know, it's, it's wide open. So I, I got very lucky. What does a day in the life look like for you as a NICU nurse? If I have the grower feeders, it's a lot of time management. Um, you get your report and you just immediately, you know, you wipe, you know, you wipe down your area, you, you get all your notes and you check your orders, but it's, it's right at the get-go. You start preparing for the feed, preparing to take care of this first baby, you know, find out if the parents are coming. If they are coming, then you got to adjust, you know, to them to help make sure they're, they're in place, which may or may not set you back in time. Um, so it's just tons of time management when you have that. Um, and the day moves pretty fast. Um, with a micropremie or a one-to-one, it's going to be, you know, same thing, wipe down everything, um, check your orders, but it's going to be a lot of, uh, you know, monitoring, watching. If it's a very sick baby, then it's, then it's move, 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 move. And, yeah, and yeah. you, at the end of the day, you're like, oh my gosh, how did this one little baby kick yes, my butt? Literally. It's funny because I'm actually about to make a post today about things that you'll hear a NICU nurse say. <laughs> and that's one of them. How a baby can literally kick my butt. Well, what I love about you, and uh, as you alluded to, is this amazing world that you have created with this Instagram account, Brickology. Um, it's such a niche, little, amazing part of this nurse world. And your account is like blowing up. It's absolutely amazing. From the very beginning of you starting this, I'm just obsessed. I can't get over it. And I think it's just such a fun piece of you bringing into our world. Um, and so I want to dive into this. I want to dive into how all this started. How did this start? I started just looking up medical jokes and tried to see if I can make that, you know, sync up. Um, it, and it wasn't after a while until I was like, okay, I, I, I feel confident enough to try to write something. And, you know, it just kind of went from You there. do such a good job of it. I mean, what I think is super, <laughs> it's just like, anything you pick or the way that you present it is very relatable. Like, I just feel like you, you hit the human part of it and the dynamics that we all face super well. So I want to deep dive into your Lego collection because I think this is like so much fun. So how do you find these amazing Legos? Like they're all like these medical Legos. I'm like, I don't, you know, I mean, they magically appear and I'm like, but how do you, how do you find them? Like, how does this all? Most of them are straight from the Lego hospital set. Um, there's one, the main guy that I use is from a Lego movie the Lego movie, one, one of their sets. And it, it, he was just, it's just, what he has on his torso and his whole body is just very different from everything else. So I was like, oh, that one, that guy stood out. So I started using that. But um, yeah, they're all straight out of Lego sets. Um, I think the 
The most unusual one that I use was from a knockoff brand that I don't really know what what it is, um, but I it, it's this it's it, um, so I think I actually I think that's the only different one. Yeah, so ninety nine percent of them straight from Lego. So what I love about this too is, um, and I've kind of picked on is you're kind of developing these characters, right? So can you deep dive into? your characters and sort of the building of them and how this, how this process is going for you? That's actually a really, really good question because I haven't really started doing that until probably this year um, to really, to, I say the word really a lot, to flush out their, their characters. The main guy that I finally decided his name was Thomas, uh, oddly enough, <laughs> he's the... From what I, I I avoided naming him for such a long time, and I just kept calling him the nurse because I wanted him to be the every nurse, the every person nurse, what every nurse is going through. And um, but the more I used him as a character, then the more I realized, no, he's a bit more narcissistic. I I, I think I don't, I don't know. <laughs> this this the, you know the character starts coming out, and the main three that I use is him, the guy Thomas, uh, Kenny. And Jenny, and those three are the main. Because Jenny, the girl with the glasses, um, she's like the charge nurse. She's the one that is the gung ho one, the one who's straight by the book, the one who you know everybody looks up to, the one who's control of everything. She's the charge. And then, um, then there's Thomas, who's almost uh, a polar opposite of her. Who he's just man. I just want to get through the day. Yeah, I just want to get through the day, clock out, and go home. And then there's Kenny, who's kind of in the middle, who looks at Thomas and, and tells him, you know, hey, that's not quite right. And so I think that those dynamics between the three just just naturally evolved because I needed that that sort of balance between with every skit. Um, so it's kind of cool. You know, I'm, I'm happy with I'm, I'm excited on how they're developing um, yeah. and developing their voices as well. Yeah, I do all the voices. I love that. That's such a fun. Uh, that's so funny. It's, it's that's actually great. my favorite part of doing the whole thing. It's the voices. That's my favorite part. How many hours a week are you spending on this? Like, what's your normal like weekly investment? On my days off, I I try to post three a week, and each one takes me a. I'm going to say about five hours, three to five hours to do. So about fifteen, you know, maybe fifteen, pushing twenty hours, um, including you know the posting, the replying to people. Um, building these little sets that I need to build. Um, so yeah, between 15 and 20, I would say. Yeah, I mean, I feel you. I don't think people realize how much, you know, until you're in it as a creator, like how much work you put behind it. And I think that's important to highlight, you know, how much work you put into it. You know, as you said, in the medical world, I think it's sort of on the forefront right now. And I, I'm seeing a lot more of this happening. And I think be, due to social media, but it's fun to highlight, you know, this fun new creative side of a lot of healthcare providers. What would you say is your goal with the Brickology? Like, do you have a goal? Like, is there something that you really are working towards? The thing that I'm working towards right now is creating a bigger world, a bigger story. Um, when I when I started moving away from just posting medical, you know, making medical jokes and these little uh, whatever I can find online, the stories, I wanted to start, I wanted to tell a story. I want to tell a story about this character, about Thomas, what he goes through, um, how he started. And I've got kind of an outline of what I want to do and try to make an over 
over a, a story arc, a, a bigger story arc, and inside it's all these little bits that I that I post that you know that everybody can everybody watches right now. But if you if you really start watching every single one, they're they're starting to have a story arc go on with the relationships between the the, the characters. So that's my goal right now to make it a bigger picture and make it a bigger story. I love that. Um, yeah. So hopefully. <laughs> what as, as a creator, cause I, on the content side, what would you say is your favorite part, least favorite part of the process? My favorite part is the voices. Well, I, I guess it would be coming up with the joke. That's also, I think my least favorite, cause it always comes down to what's the joke. You know, what's the thing that, that makes us look inside ourselves and go, oh, okay, that's, that's not that bad. Or that's right. just, okay, that's just stupid. You know, that would be my least favorite because I have all these ideas, but they don't have endings. And I feel like, you know, I feel like I go through some writer's block every now and then and say, okay, I have 75% done on all these little bits, the last 25%, that is the most frustrating part. And then once I get that, once I record the voice, everything is just comes you know pretty quickly so i get yeah that'd be my least and most favorite part you know you hit some stereotypes that are i would say in the healthcare field or things like of certain nurses or of dynamics on the unit is there like a way that you kind of like process all this a lot of it is based around that main character and i um going back to what we're talking about with the character development I, I have those three characters and I need them to be able to bounce off of each other. I need them to be able to, you know, uh, 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 yeah, bounce off each other. So, but everything's based off of that main guy, Thomas. So whatever he does, um, someone else has to counter that. And I think in doing that, you can't just, you can't escape human nature. You know, th th doing this also tell, um, teaches me more about myself. What is my nature? What is the direction that I naturally want to go in? And in, and in these videos, a lot, embarrassingly enough, a lot of the situations that I put him in, what happens is where I would naturally want to go. Right. And, and you have to, you know, and on the job, you stop yourself and you're like, okay, don't do that. Mm -hmm. um, but luckily <laughs> in this medium, I can say, what would happen if I continued down that path? Yeah, like take that to the nth degree. There's been a couple where you like, I think there was one where it was something about the grandma who wanted to wake the sleeping baby. And it was like, she kicked the the isolate or something and you just or things where it's like you get pissed at a patient and you know it's just these things where I'm like oh my god I love this like it's so fun it's so dynamic and you hit it on I mean I think it's you're right like it's kind of a fun way to like explain the dynamics that we go through right right so you're going back to what you're saying I think the stereotype just naturally comes out in human you know human nature every unit has these sort of personalities in it yeah and you can't escape it i think even in, not only in nursing but every facet of life you have these these personalities that you can't escape mm -hmm. um but if you sent but if i'm focusing it on this one character and see how everybody else deals with him then yeah uh, um you should develop a karen <laughs> <laughs> The middle-aged woman who just 
there you go. Hey, you know what? We're going to start sparking ideas your way. <laughs> um, so for me, and it's funny because I've been in a little bit of the social media space, I would say for a little while. And it's, I would say there's like, you know, the ups and downs. So for you, I would say, what's your favorite, least favorite part of the social media aspect of this? Because that's a big part of this, right? It's like you're platforming on social media. Um, Can you dive into that a little bit? My least favorite part of social media, spending time on a video that I'm like, okay, you know, I've just spent five hours or something doing this um, and posting it and watching it just not perform or, yeah. or do as you know that's got to be the most frustrating and it's and but it all comes down to you know then i got to take a look at myself okay was this actually a good topic did i just get caught up in you know i got to have something and did all that influence me into just posting something that deep in my heart maybe i knew this wasn't up to par totally um so I, I I think social media is great. It's a great way to communicate. It's a great way to connect with people. Um, but in doing this for these couple of years, it's really made me uh, be able to take a look at myself a little bit, a little, a little harsher look at myself. Same. I would agree with that. That's a really insightful way to look at it for sure. Yeah. So that hopefully, you know, makes the next thing that I do a little bit better Then hopefully the next thing a little bit better. And am I going to knock it out of the park every single time? Of course not. I can't expect to. That that'd be ridiculous to expect to. In the downtimes, you got it. You know, another hard part is you, you got that downtime. You're like, oh my gosh, everything's sucking. Well, I got to keep pushing through. I got to keep going because yeah. you got to push through all this crap to in order to get to the yeah. good stuff. So I, I guess that came out to be a pretty positive. <laughs> yeah. What's your, I mean, from the social media aspect, have you had like a favorite part of it? Like that you've, through this account, like something that you really, really loved. Okay. Before we dive into that, many of you want to know how to support our show. One way is to support our sponsors. And this is one that I've been working with for the past six months that I'm absolutely obsessed with. I am talking about Hum clinically proven nutrients for skin, hair, body, and mood. And here's the thing, you guys, I eat relatively healthy. I get it. You should get most of your nutrients from your food. However, this is the thing that will help you fill those gaps. Let me give you the spectrum from hair and nail growth to gut regulation with probiotics, cleanses, even vitamin D, you guys. We are all low on vitamin D and HUM truly offers the difference. HUM has been featured on Forbes, Vogue, Well and Good, Mind Body Green, Allure. And let me tell you guys, this is why I like HUM. HUM offers personalized solutions and free nutrition advice by certified registered dietitians. You guys, this is unheard of. So basically how it works is you take a three minute quiz online, you tell them about yourself, you get a nutritionist report or recommendations to personalize your needs, and then you get to customize and save. And of course, this would be no fun without a code. So if you head over to www.humnutrition.com and use code SELFIE, that's C-E-L-L-F-I-E, for 20% off of your first order of $29 or more. All these supplements get thrown in my bag every single day for lunches at work. You guys, I love these products. I cannot express that enough. 
So again, head over to humnutrition.com, use code SELFIE, C-E-L-L-F-I-E for 20% off of your first order of $29 or more. And without further ado, let's dive back into the show. Um, outside of doing, making the, the videos, I think it's, it's meeting people. You know, meeting people like you, meeting the people yeah, that, like, like on your post the other day, these are the people that helped me keep going. Yeah, I love that. And they continue yeah. to help me keep going. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. These, they've they've been there from almost the very start. And they, you know, every now and then, you know, there's the, the one, uh, if I can mention him, Dr. Dr. War's Game, that, mm-hmm. that guy, mm-hmm. he has become... Oh, I love him. Oh my God, he's yeah, he's um he does the cartoons, yes, yeah. You guys will link him in the in the show note too. I, he is amazing, and he's been super supportive um in my in my corner too. I feel like there's, I love that. I I think that if I had to hit something that's my favorite, it's the community that you get to make on here. It's it's so much fun. I mean, you know, and you're always gonna battle the ups and the downs of social media period, but I do feel like that is a huge part of it, and I love it. On the flip side of this, so I would say social media is actually pretty taboo, right? In the healthcare world, in the, in the healthcare world, it's like, you know, it's still not quite where we're at with, let's say, like mommy bloggers, home bloggers, um, companies, brands. So, you, but we're pushing through this. Can you speak to this a little bit about how you like moving through this taboo topic? I'm only a couple of years into this, and I know there are there are um, people in the medical field who have been doing this in the social media, trying to you know get this known a little bit more. I think for me, at, at, it's still kind of uh, I worry about um, the taboo thing. Would be am I breaking HIPAA? Am I exposing anything that I shouldn't be exposing? Am I creating a negative? view for healthcare workers. Yeah. And I think I think maybe especially now with the with the time of the pandemic, um, with the whole heroes work here, heroes do this, heroes do that, um, it's kind of uh not I don't want to use the word scary, but it's it's touchy to 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 make healthcare workers human. Like we all have we all we all have bad days, we all yes. have good days. We all have emotions. We're humans. Yes. So you can say, yeah, we're heroes. Yay. Great going. But there's still somebody inside there going, oh my gosh, you know, this has been the worst day ever. I just want to go home. And I think maybe that's a depiction that, you know, we're, we're probably, you know, hesitant on showing because when you're at work, you know, the patients need to look up to you and say, this person knows exactly what they're doing. I have every confidence in this person. He's going to take care of me. Like the parents come in. They see the nurse. They see the doctor. This person knows exactly what they're doing and everything's going to be great. And you want to live up to that because um, I don't know. If, yep. uh, maybe, I don't know. Maybe parents come in and they see me and they're like, oh, man, why did I get that guy? <laughs> you know, you know, maybe, maybe they oh, do. Oh, God. Here comes that nurse. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. but, but if you're talking about social media and healthcare workers, I, I think that's the breakthrough that, that we're trying to break through right now. Yes. Um, and you have these, um, you have people like, like you who are interviewing other healthcare workers, bringing that human side out. Yeah. Um, and I think it's a wonderful thing, wonderful thing. Where, where it can go, you know, 
I think it's still in the pretty you know young stages of of healthcare workers doing this. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see where it goes. Yeah, I think it's this weird balance, right? Of um, and I would agree with that, where you're trying to really be on the human side of it and explaining that we have good days, bad days. Yes, we struggle with anxiety or, you know, not knowing everything, making mistakes, but then also being this healthcare provider where you're expected to be a certain way. And it is, it's this huge dynamic. And, but it's interesting because, you know, your account, and I'm looking at some of the bigger memers in my head, you know, Nurse Life RN, Code Nurse Memes, you know, we have um, uh, Nurse Meme Official, just all of these um, accounts who are really kind of exposing that real human nature behind us, right? Like the feelings that we really have, the things that happen when, you know, you experience X, Y, and Z with a patient or a family or a doctor or someone. And personally, I'm here for it. I think it's great. I love it. And I think I'm thankful for it because I do think it brings that element that we all need, right? It's like, I I don't know. I think this healthcare and the facade, the, the, you know, sh- like the smoke and mirrors. And like, I-, I like the idea of like, let's reveal the curtain. Let's pull it back. Let's show you guys, you know, I've talked about this a couple times here on um, the podcast where I feel like I wish so badly a Netflix series or a docu-series could have gone through, for example, the pandemic, right? And to show in time, like what we're going through, because people want to know, they want to see what's going on, like they're tired of everything being put in this perfect little package bow and sugar on top, like nobody wants that, nobody wants the daytime TV of healthcare, everybody wants the reality, they want the, you know, they want to hear it behind the scenes. And I think that's kind of what you and a lot of these other accounts are doing. With with the videos that I do, like I was saying, I, I try to take it to what would I naturally want to do? What would be yeah. my natural reaction to that? And sometimes it's not pretty. Um, am yeah. I ever, am I going to do it? Of course not. You know, that's what we're trained not to do. <laughs> the things that you take it to, I'm like, yes. <laughs> and, and, you know, and sometimes it's just so yeah. ridiculous. But it's, you know, it's, it's, I think it's, it comes down to human. But that's what makes it funny, right? It's like, can we just go there? Because I think that's like, probably one of my favorite parts is when you go to that extra step, you know, like, I'm like, okay, yeah, I I would definitely feel that way. How has social media changed your life? Or this account? Has it changed your life at all? It has in that I'm more, uh, I've made a more, more of a routine for myself. Um, I set a goal this year to continue, you know, doing three a week. And, um, and, and, and so I work my hardest to do that. Um, sometimes, you know, it takes longer than, than the five hours I, that I, that I set aside to do this. Um, so I guess it's, it's changed my life in that way that I'm more focused on, on a routine. Funnily enough, that's, that comes down to time management. It's again. funny because I, I really relate to that. Um, so, up until this year, actually, you know, I was, you know, I've been blogging and Instagramming and, you know, kind of all that. But then now with the addition of the podcast, where I'm producing it every week for, you know, I have to, I have to produce this every week, like I am, you know, it's, it's not an option for me at this point. It's like, this is what I'm doing. And it's, it is crazy. It's like, like you said, you kind of, I have to put more structure in my life now because of it. 
Um, because, and you know, you and I, I think we're in this space where like, there's not a playbook of how to do this, right? Like we're just, we're healthcare providers who are adventuring into this new space. And it's interesting trying to kind of like find that balance of like, okay, I have these goals and I have this structure and, you know, kind of maneuvering and creating and, tapping into that creative process, but I'm not naturally a very structured person. So it's been a, like an adjustment for me. I think it's, it's been good for my life though. I, I hope, yeah. I hope, um, yeah. I do wonder, you know, I, I think you bring up a great point, <coughs> excuse me. You know, I do wonder how, how these, these other accounts have like, how they've, how they handle things, how they, um, do they keep in a routine? Do they, you know, have, their ducks in a row and, and set it all up. I, I wonder that as well. We'll have um, to tap into them a little bit. I'll have to get them on here and see. What are a few tips that you can leave with our audience to make a difference in their everyday life or something that you think um, is a good tip that you've applied to your life? That's, that's a good question too. With this, with the whole quarantine, for me, what's what's gotten me through all this without really changing much is I have this purpose now. I have this, this, you know, this page, this bricology, and I'm trying to come out of this because it's, this, it's going to end the pandemic. It's got to end at some point. It'd be foolish to say this is going to go on for the rest of my life. Um, but I, I wanted to, I want to come out of this different and hopefully in a better way than I went in. And so, you know, I, I set goals. I, I've been really studying how people make goals, how they write it down, you know, how that affects them, how, um, how to build something, how to be productive. So by the time I come out of this, I have something to say, this is what happened during this time. Um, instead of well, you know, I'm just trying to get back to what it was before. Because is it going to be the same as before? I'm going to say no. If it is, fantastic. You know, but if it's not, I'm going to I'm going to lean more towards it's not. Mm -hmm. So to try to go back to that, to me, would be futile, futile. I want to come out of this in a different way with something to say, this is what happened. This is what I learned. This is what I built. If it all crashes down, you know, not long after the whole pandemic ends, hey, I'm, I know how to build something like this again. Um, so the advice I would give is, yeah, find, you know, stop looking back at what it was before and think about where do I want to go? Where do I want to be after this whole pandemic is over? What do I want? Because um, it's, we don't know how long it's going to last, but it's going to stop. So how, what kind of person do you want to be when it stops? Are you going to be the kind that still says, yeah, I want to go back to the way it was? Or are you going to look at it and say, the whole world's changed. Really, how business is done is going to change. You know, can you adjust and can you come out of this? At least for me personally, can you come out of this, you know, different and hopefully better than when you went in? So it's funny that you bring that up because um, I during when this whole thing happened, the whole pandemic happened, I heard a lot of people saying, you know, I'm either bored, or I have nothing to do. Or um, there was sort of this repetitive notion of well, you know, we can only do the same thing over and over and again. And the irony for me is I was on the opposite end. And I'm sure maybe you were too, where I was actually busier 
than I have ever been as far as content production and backend and podcasting and meetings and content creation and emails. And and, and I'm like, I it baffles my mind because in my head, I'm like, I have very naturally shifted a lot of my life, right? And I've become this really creative, fun person, but I'm busy, you know, like, and I think that's part of like shifting with what I feel like, where's the audience going? What is my goal? What do I want to do? And I agree with you. I think that the way business is going to be done, the way that companies are having to shift, it's important. It's good. You you know, you got to go to where whatever the audience is, um, as a content creator, getting more creative, like finding ways to touch people in a different way. What is your legacy? Like, I love all of that. And I couldn't agree more. Like, I got more busy during this pandemic. I mean, so I mean, I'm thankful for that concept. And I do think that it's, it's important to kind of touch in on. I want to plug this before we head out. Um, So I've been begging you to do a behind the scenes of your content creating. We need to get behind the scenes here. <laughs> it would be fun to do that. It would, I, I've thought about um, just doing a, a I, I don't know how boring it would be though <laughs> to do a to do a time lapse yeah. or to have me yeah. sit there and explain everything. But I, I I've been wanting to do that because uh, it would be fun to document it anyway. Do you get any requ- like requests over and over from people? Like, what are your top requests for uh, videos? Like like uh, types of videos, or I, I get a lot of requests for uh, more do more pharmacy do more RT. It's really hitting all the different aspects of of healthcare. Do, uh, you know, do more lab. People really, for some reason, like the lab, the two lab techs that I have because they're, (laughs) (laughs) they're, I I think they're hilarious. They are hilarious. It's great. And why is that consistently everywhere? That's a thing everywhere. The lab, the lab dynamic in every hospital is literally just like that. I can actually say that having worked in so many facilities. I'm like, that is a thing. So before we head out, um, can you leave maybe one or two tangible tips for upcoming healthcare providers? Like anything, any nugget you can leave with them? I would say, uh, let, let's let's just say you get to the, um, everybody's looking for the job. You know, okay, I graduate and get to the job. The tip that I would leave for the job, for the interview would be, or for your upcoming job, make sure that you're always teachable, you're coachable, and approachable. I think those three things. Because um, if you shut off any one of those, um, you're, I hate to say it, but you're asking for it. Um, you got to be approachable so that someone can come up to you and say, dude, you made a mistake. And you're like, dude, that's totally cool. You know, and you got to be teachable to, to be able to react and say, dude, that's totally cool. And you need to be, you know, coachable so that someone can show you how to actually do it. In this field that we're in, um, if you have an ego, if you think that, you know, you're, you're the next great thing or something like that, you're, you're asking. Put for it, it away. Right. Right. So that's that's the big thing that I would say. Even for the interview, you've got to convey that. That mm-hmm. because if you're at the interview, they know you can do the job. You know, the, the question is, will you fit in? Will you fit into their, their unit, their culture? And are you the type of person that will help the unit grow? Um, that's the thing that I think new grads or when you when you get the interview, that's what they want to see. I think I agree with that. It's interesting because I feel like for me personally, there have been times where I have early on, I was kind of hard on someone or I said something and I was like, well, how did you not know that? Or did it, you know, I felt like I knew it better. And it's interesting because the longer I'm a nurse, 
the more I know not to do that because we're human and I need to be teachable, coachable. You got to shift. And here's the thing is like, you're going to make a mistake at some point. You're going to be the person that doesn't know how to do something. You're going to be the person that needs that coachable moment. And I'm very humble. I've been a nurse seven or eight years and I still have moments where someone younger is correcting me on something. And I'm like, you know what? They were right. Or you know, I need to be able to shift to this. And I I do. I think that's a really good tip. And I think that's something for any healthcare provider, really. I mean, young and old, we all have to be able to shift into roles or new practice or, you know, be humble coming in and be open-minded. I think that's a really good tip. Yeah. And and also find something that you can burn you know, burn steam on, you know, you got to have something to help you decompress. You think that you can, as nurses, we can, you know, once we sign off, we're like, well, okay, we're done. And we walk away and we're, and we're home. It's still, it stays with you. There are those assignments that just stay with you. And, and, you know, for days and you're just like, oh my gosh, you know, it, it, and it even comes down to like the, the, the joke and you, you go home and you're in the shower and you're like, oh my gosh, did I charge? Did I forget something? Did I? Yes. Oh my God. And totally. That, you just got to figure out a way to be able to decompress and and deal with things like that. I think really focusing on your your mental health, your happiness, your wellness, your whatever you do. And I, I'm sure a piece of that for you is your brick filming. And I, I'm very thankful for that. Well, thank you. Thank you. So where can everybody find you? The main place would be on Instagram. Um, just look up Brickology and you'll see the little icon with the little Lego nurse guy and you'll know it's me. Awesome. Um, on YouTube as well. I'm there on Facebook as well, Brickology. And you'll know it's, you know, you'll absolutely know it's Brickology because it's the nurse, the, 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 <laughs> the yes. Lego nurse guy. Yes. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much for coming on today. It was, this was so fun. I know you're a very busy man. So, but thank you. All right, you guys, thank you so much for listening today. And Thomas, thank you so much for coming on our show. If you guys aren't following him already, head over to Instagram at underscore Brickology underscore. Make sure you're following him. Slip him a DM. Let him know what you thought of this episode. Did you get anything from it? What did you learn? What was a piece of this episode you really loved? And thank you so much, you guys, for listening per usual. Holy smokes. I am just so thankful for this platform. As Thomas and I were kind of talking about, this is just a space that is so fun to get into, to relate to other people, to meet this amazing community, to give back in a way. It's just I don't know. It's just so much fun. And I want to say thank you, you guys. It it literally means the world to me. We could not do this without you. So in order to support us, for us to continue to bring you more selfie shows, please head over to rate and review the show. Let us know what you thought. Who did you like hearing from? Who do you want to hear from? We want to hear it all. And as you guys know, we started with some small selfie swag. So when you leave us the review on iTunes, be sure to put your Insta handle in the review and we will send over some super cute stickers and a selfie badge reel featuring Selena, our selfie icon. And you guys, I actually ordered some new stickers. So we have some new ones coming in. So you guys get excited. Be sure you are following us on our Insta at C-E-L-L-F-I-E underscore podcast. Make sure to hit that subscribe button. You can find all of our episodes on www.tipsfromtory.com. 
and of course, swipe up. Check out those show notes below. They are filled with information about our guests and of course, our sponsors. And thank you so much, you guys, for listening. Catch you next time.